0: This is the MMA Takes, Podcast. MMA Takes Podcast
1: with your host,
0: Brian Petrie and Devin Tejada. I'm cutting it short here. We are chopping it up. Going to do a little recap of the month of August in MMA. A lot of cancel fights, a lot of big fights, a lot of storylines. I have some stuff written down. Devin doesn't know what I'm going to talk about. He's got some stuff written down. I'm sure we will have some topics that will cross paths. Either way, let's recap the month of fucking August, Dad. Let's chop it up, baby. Uh, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first, there, pal?
1: Um, you know, I'm just kind of looking at my notes, and I'm like, I've got a lot of stuff written down. Yeah. Um, maybe only 50 percent of it is in the month of August. See, <laughs> Dad,
0: just... we, we only got. A, there's a lot to cover here. Maybe, maybe at the, we'll see how long we go. And at the tail end of it, maybe we'll get to some of your random fucking non-August notes.
1: Yeah, my random thoughts. Um, yeah, let's so, yeah, stick go to August and, right now. Go,
0: There's a lot that happened in first. August, right? I turned 34. That's probably the number one thing. That's the biggest thing. My birthday was in August. I got a new truck on August 3rd. That's another. That's number two. So two really big fucking things in August. But you said I'll go first. I'll go first. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Steep ADC Trilogy one of the biggest heavyweight fights of all time. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this trilogy. I didn't think I would. I remember going on the podcast saying I don't like this matchup when they first announced it. I didn't I didn't really understand it, but it became a really really good trilogy. Stipe really rose above each fight, he progressively looked better in my opinion physically and just he performed better. Um so obviously no controversial there. I know the eye poke, all that stuff. Clearly Stipe won. I know uh, it was an awkward fight because Stipe clearly won, but it was also a very competitive fight, right? It was close, but you also were like, okay, Stipe won that round. But also the one thing I'm going to talk about, this is what I want to bring up and talk to you about is I saw some idiot tweet this out. He said, Stipe is not the greatest heavyweight of all time. And I went, huh? Okay. So I went to the comments and someone was like, posed the same question I have. Okay, well, then who is it? The guy said, There hasn't been one yet. Fuck you with the hasn't been one yet, because you can do that with every single division. Stipe Miocic is the greatest heavyweight, MMA heavyweight there is currently today. And obviously that could change by the end of his career. Someone else can come up. I'm a John Jones heavyweight now. But right now, at this moment, on September 7th, Labor Day, 2020, Stipe Miocis is the greatest heavyweight of all time. Dev?
1: You know, I, I you could look at anyone's record and you could poke holes at anyone's record. Yeah. Even John Jones, you could poke holes in his record. You could poke holes in George St. Pierre. You could poke holes in Anderson Silva. You can poke holes in DC. You can poke holes in Stipe. You can poke holes in, everyone, in Kane. You know, um, people say Kane and then look what he came back and look what Francis did to him. Right. Um, so it's ne- it's never a good – it's never – um, it's always a hard topic. Everybody has their own greatest of all time. I agree with you completely. I think Stipe is probably the best heavyweight ever in MMA. Um, people will say Fedor. I think a prime Fedor and a prime Stipe. I think Stipe wins in that fight. Um, it,
0: it, it really depends on where they fight. If it's Japan, I maybe lean Fedor because he's probably on some of that grandpa, you know, he's on some of that yak. If it's in America, Fedor did not do great in America when he fought in America. I mean, he had a tough time finishing Brett Rogers. Um, if it's in America, Stipe destroys him. It's if it's in Japan, you, you know, it's up in the air. Um, yeah,
1: that Stipe can be sauced too, though. Stipe can be sauced Ooh. up if it's in Japan. If it's in
0: Japan, <laughs> if he's sauced up, that's a problem because I don't think he's sauced up now. But he's if, not. If he, if he was in Japan sauced up, that'd be that'd be a scary dude.
1: And I respect Stipe a lot because he's he's not a big heavyweight. No. He's really not a big heavyweight. He walks around like 235. You know what's
0: funny, though, is I've I've seen him in person. I was probably, I don't know, 20 feet from him, right? And he's much taller than I thought. His head's fucking enormous. And this is coming from a guy with a really big head. His head is fucking enormous. And he looked really big. This is pre-DC fight. This was right before the Overeem fight in Cleveland, which I saw him live. And he looked big. I I thought the same thing with you. I mean, he fights around 230, 240, and this fucking dude looked really big to me in person. I've met Andre Loski in person. I thought the guy was a little twink. I'm mean, looking at this guy. I put him over my knee and break him in half. Stipe, to me, I don't know what it was. He wasn't obviously in training camp yet, so he's probably maybe a little out of shape. But he looked fucking big. But you're right. He He's leaned out significantly. He weighed in as less he's ever had, 233. Looked fantastic shape. His cardio is through the roof. And he still, has, he still has that power.
1: Yeah, you know, he arguably he won every fight, every round in the last fight. Um, you can you can you could potentially score every round for him. He hurt D, it was a round two or three where he was on top. If there was 10 more seconds, he would have finished the fight there. Round um, one
0: was the only one I gave DC. Round one, he buzzed Stepe a little bit. But other with than the that, overhand. I, yeah, other than that, some people gave uh DC round four, which I, I you know it was a close round. But yeah, you're right. If it, if that If he was on top of DC with 30 more seconds, the fight would have been over. When he caught he would have finished. It was at the end of the second round. Or maybe it was the end of the third round. I can't remember. But yeah, you I know what you're talking about.
1: If you watch even the second fight, when I watched it back, everybody's like, Oh my God, Stepe made this crazy adjustment and this crazy turnaround, which he did. Mm -hmm. And Stepe was getting hit on the feet, but he was really never in trouble to where he was rocked and having to circle out and recover. He didn't have to get on his bike in that second fight. Yeah. Um, he, as those fights progress from one through three, um, DC's first game or Stipe's first game plan to fight DC was fucking terrible. He's like, this guy's a light heavyweight. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go in there and bully him around. I'm gonna go stand in the pocket. I'm gonna fucking hit him harder than he hits me. That was that was a bad that was a bad game plan. Mm-hmm. The second fight he had a he had a better game plan but it still wasn't the best one to win he made the proper in cage adjustment he went to the body i was watching that fight back and in the second round he hit he hits he hit dc boom with like a shovel hook right to the gut mm-hmm. in the second round and he didn't notice the effect on it but now i was watching for the body shots and you could see DC was like, I didn't like that. DC got on his bike and circled out. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. If he would have picked up on that sooner, if his coach would have picked up on that sooner, his corner, yeah. they might have been able to do something about it. But as the fights progressed, Stipe made the correct adjustments. And you know, the second the, second, the third fight went like into any grappling exchanges or any clinch work, you could tell that Stepe was the stronger guy in the clinch. Body And He up. would always Yeah, and he would tie up the wrist. He tie would always the wrist tie so DC. He didn't-
0: so he didn't get that punch like in the first fight, either thing. Here's the one thing DC is a lovable guy. I love DC. Uh, he's gonna be with UFC for a while. Commentary, you know. I've said on our text I think he'll replace Dana one day. The one thing though, I don't feel like DC's getting enough uh hate here, right? People don't like to talk shit about him. But the whole lead up to this fight, he always talked about how he's gonna wrestle. Wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. He tried for one takedown, got it. Stipe popped back up, grabbed a hold of that, like a front headlock, grabbed his neck, and then they separated. And then the clinch work was dominated by uh, Stipe. So like, why are people going, oh, listen, why didn't this fucking dude do what he said he was going to do? Right? He didn't do that. He got, I think he's getting a pass on that. And apparently he had a bunch of injuries going into that. So I don't, I don't fucking know. Who knows? Who knows? Everyone's, he's listen, he's, he's 40 injuries. something years. His back's been killing him. For a long time. I'm sure it was a back injury. Uh, you know, it's a good time to retire for him. And uh, now we get to enjoy him on commentary. Even though you and I... We're not talking about it because it's September. But you and I both agree he was a little off on Saturday night with some of those calls.
1: Very, very biased. I don't like how... Um, going back to what you just said prior. Um, DC doesn't have the best fight IQ. No. He, he doesn't.
0: Any, any, any. For a guy who's a leader. Listen, this guy didn't even qualify for the Olympics, right? but he was the captain of the team. He became captain of captain of AKA very quickly, right? He went in there and changed the culture of that, that, that gym. He's a guy that everyone loves at rally round. He's, he's really good. Maybe that's a guy that's probably better suited for a coach because I've seen him mentally fade in fights. Now he's also came back, right? Like he got kneed by, I'm not, this isn't a shitting on DC, you know, portion of the podcast, but you know, he, uh, he, um, Got rocked by uh, Gustafson, came back, right? He took Anthony Johnson's big shots, came back. But then when you look at the high, high-level competition, the, the John Jones fights, in the corner, Bob Cook's screaming at him, and he's just asking him, like, I'm trying, I'm trying. Like, to me, that's not a guy who's mentally there. And then in the, the Stepe fights... Um after I'm not obviously not the first one, but after the the second and the, the third one, uh mentally I feel like he he just wasn't there. Like if you watch that third fight again after that second round or after wherever he got caught and then the eye poke stuff happened, he was gone. He was out of the fight, right? He was just he was just on autopilot. Like, listen, I'm just not gonna try to get finished, but I'm not gonna try to win the fight either. Um, that's something that's kind of plagued him a little bit. I mean, he's listening. He's twenty-two, three and one, or whatever. He's got a ph- phenomenal record. He's two weight division champ. You can't say much bad things about him, but his fight IQ and just his mental state—it it, it could be one of them. If we're gonna—if we're gonna nitpick, right? It could be one of them.
1: Well, when when someone matches his physicality and his athleticism and his skill set, that is kind of when it's it becomes like 50-50 for him. He he overcame Gus in the Gus fight. Um, but there hasn't really been many other fights except for John Jones and Stipe that have matched him tit for tat, um, and right. where he was like, "Holy fuck, this guy's really good."
0: He used to say, he used to say in his post-fights, I think before the Jones fight, the first fight, I said he wants to find his equal. Let me find my equal. I believe there's a soundbite out there of him saying that I want to, I want to find my equal. John Jones, are you my equal? And John, my first fight, just fucking, you know, just took him down. Stuffed his takedowns, pieced them up like that was a dominating performance. First two rounds were fairly close, and then John obviously took over. All right, so we agree Stepe is the greatest heavyweight currently. Let me ask you a question: Stepe Francis, who wins if it happens in December?
1: You know, um, number one, I don't think Stepe should even take that fight, right? Um, because he already he already ha- he he it's beat Francis fight. five you know five nil on the yeah. scorecards. I think um so i wouldn't if i was steeped steeped is kind of on his way out he's a firefighter um he was just on bisbing's podcast talking to bisbing about how he plans on being a firefighter and how he like potentially would like to box and he wants a challenge um he's fought dc three times in a row he's rematched jd he's had a lot of rematches in his career Mm -hmm. um i would be really he's a company man so he's not like you know Fuck you! Give me John Jones or nobody. But I really think he should take John Jones. I yeah. think that's what he should do. Um, if he if he were to beat John Jones, then maybe fight Francis. But I would um, I wouldn't fight Francis. Number one because it's lose lose. You're coming in as a betting underdog. You're the champion. You've you've just beat DC two out of three times. Um, and it's a dangerous fight. He could get knocked out. Um, Stipe does get touched in his fights, so his, mm-hmm. he would have to take a long time off to fight Francis. I believe he has the skill set to beat Francis. I don't – we haven't seen f- – the way that he lost to Stipe in the in their first fight, if they were to have a second fight, the way he lost to Stipe the first time around, um, Francis has not showed anything else besides punching power. Wow. He hasn't showed <laughs> – he hasn't showed me anything to make me believe that he can beat Stipe again besides, you know – Put his head into orbit. Right. Um, I would pick Steepe again. I picked him in the first fight. I would pick him again, but it would be um I wouldn't feel safe making that pick.
0: <laughs> See, I'm I'm the I I'm not the opposite. I'd pick Steepe, but I feel even more comfortable. Here's the thing about the uh Francis right now, right? Is everyone's all over his dick. He's the betting favorite. If you look at some of these betting lines that are just made up fights, right? Uh there's a betting line out there if he fight fought John Jones, a betting line if he fought uh, Brock Lesnar, whatever. He's the betting favorite. No, he, Francis Ghani is the favorite if he fights anybody. I saw a picture of him recently. He's in Cameroon. He did like a charity fight in Cameroon against some old fucking guy. He doesn't look as beefy as he was. He's leaned down a lot, which I mean, could be fine, right? But to me, physically, he didn't look like the scary guy that was fighting earlier, right? Not saying that he still doesn't have knockout power. Clearly does. Maybe he's leaning down to get some more cardio, yada, yada, yada. I just feel like when you have that one touch power, like a la Chuck Liddell back in the early 2000s, you don't really work on much else. I don't think he's working on, I think he's probably working on wrestling, but right? He trains at the UFC PI. I don't know who his wrestling coach is. I don't know who his jujitsu coach is. I know he trains a little bit at Syndicate MMA. I know he goes over to uh, Couture MMA. Um, They're in Vegas, I, you know, so they get sparring and stuff in, but I don't know who he's doing this stuff with. I think the, the first fight. Um, I think Stipe would would come out and do the same exact thing with the, the second fight and maybe even finish. I think Stipe would, would put a stamp on it. And here's my thing about Stipe. Him and Dana have had bl- bad blood, right? Stipe took the super fight with DC. They did the ultimate fighter. They did the super fight, right? He lost. Stipe became so vocal about getting that back. What do they do? They give... They give Derek Lewis the shot. They don't give Stipe the rematch, right? He goes, "I had all the U. Uf- I had all these heavyweight records. Why can't I get an immediate rematch?" DC was like, "Ah, no, I'm not fighting you. I just knocked you out first round. You got to go win one." The UFC was agreeing with DC, so they let him fight Derek Lewis, and then and then Stipe finally got in the summer and, and rebounded. Then he had to do the third fight, which he was more than happy to do. But at this point, I feel like the UFC kind of owes Stipe one here. Like the John Jones fight, I think a lot of people. Like that fight, I like that fight. Yeah, I want to see John yeah. Jones at heavyweight. I mean, listen, the guy's the greatest of all time at light heavyweight. There's no, there's no, there's no need to feel feel, uh, feel him out at heavyweight, right? Jump, throw him right in there, right? He's DC a, did it? Yeah, right. Throw him right in there. We don't need Connor to see, did it. We don't need to see John Jones <laughs> versus Curtis Blades. We need to see John Jones versus the champ right away. Uh Jones has said, I need a couple months to kind of maybe get my body right, whatever. Stepe, I don't think he's looking to jump back in there anytime soon. The problem is is Francis has all these bodies laying on the fucking ground. Like, hey, I'm gonna I'm keep catching these bodies, right? But I think what you need to do, if I was the UFC. Stipe Jones because Stipe deserves it. Winner fights Francis. Give Francis like a um, an Overeem again rematch or here. Let me see. I got the rankings pulled up because I can't remember the heavyweights off my ha- top of my head. You can give him the Overeem. You can give him the Rosenstruck. You can give him the Derek the Derek Lew re- Lewis rematch. Probably seems like the best bet. He lost makes that fight. The fight, sense. The f- fight sucked. Um, rematch them, I think. And then you know you can obviously do Walt Harris, which would be good because Walt stands up. Yeah, yeah, yada. Stipe, I think, or excuse me, Francis deserves a shot, but Jones and Stipe sound very interesting to me.
1: It's hard to say someone deserves a shot when they get dominated, and and then you got someone like Jones that's coming up, right? Um, who's never lost, really. I mean, like if Israel Adesanya wanted to come up and fight for the vacant two hundred five belt, he would have an immediate shot. Immediate if he told, shot. if he called Dana White right now and says, "Kick out Jan, I want to fight Dominic Reyes for the vacant belt," is he's getting that shot? You right. know? So the same thing as Usman. If Usman said, I want to go fight Izzy, I want that, you know, like he'd get the shot. Yep. So um, I think John Jones is more than deserving for that. Um, and, and Stipe um, wants you it. Know, don't tell.
0: Stipe wants it. Yeah. He's like, I want a new challenge. I I'm already picking beat. Stipe. I, I already beat. I'm picking Stipe. Really? <laughs> <sighs> I'm picking Stipe. Tim's gonna fucking. I'm picking Stepe. He's texting you right now. He, uh, Tim's is, gonna
1: cry. This isn't live,
0: <laughs> but Tim just know you know you just said that, and he's texting you saying, "You motherfucker." Uh, listen, I think that's a very competitive fight. I'd, I'd have to really. I don't want to give a, an answer right now because I really have to sit down and think about it. Very intriguing, very very intriguing fight between those two. Let
1: me just run it through real quick. So, um, Stepe has just as good boxing as Dominic Reyes. Mm-hmm. Just as much power, better gas tank, equal footwork, yep. better wrestling. Yeah. Um and I I think I think um Stepe is the more accurate puncher. I think Stepe can fight off the back foot. Mm-hmm. I think John Jones like to push forward. I think Stepe can cut angles and the same way Stepe has hurt so many people circling out against the cage. Go watch that Dominic Reyes fight. Every time Jones got hit, he went to circle out on the back foot. Dominic Reyes couldn't cut that angle. Stepe likes to cut that angle and throw that. He either throws a left or a right and he'll just loop it and, like, he'll cut sideways and throw that looping punch. He catches a lot of motherfuckers with that. Um, I, I think I think Stepe is really dangerous for Jones. And Jones isn't going to finish him.
0: No, and another thing, too, is, is when you become this level of greatness, like Jones is the GOAT, you get a lot of guys— that fight him like the GOAT. They're a little timid. Anthony Smith, for example. I feel like if Reyes rematched Jones, he'd do a lot better because even though Reyes did really well, there was still that miss, this mythic factor where like, oh, I'm, I'm going five rounds with the greatest of all time. Anderson Silva had that. Fedor had that. All these greats have it. Stipe doesn't give a fuck. Stipe's going to take the fight to Jones. I like to see... And then the the big John Jones thing is I think his boxing is a little weak. His, his kicking is really good. His boxing is a little weak. I think Steve is going to wade through all that reach that Jones has, and he's going to fucking crack him one. And I think Jones has a great chin; We've, he's proven it. But it's an interesting fight. It's a it's a really interesting fight. All right, let's move on off to the heavyweights. That was my topic. We kind of agreed there. Dev, give me one. Give me one from the month of August. Let's go. Um,
1: so this was, you know, um, I guess we can. I uh, will just get it out of the way. Um. I wanted to talk to you about Sean O'Malley. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to see where you stand with him. I got um, it
0: written down here, man. I don't think you're going to like my answer, but go ahead. You you tell me what you think about him. I already know, but let the well, world you
1: know. You didn't believe that I was a fan until I took a screen recording and showed you that I unsubscribed Correct. from his podcast. Correct. Um, Cuz
0: I don't even listen to his podcast. I'm a very I'm a podcast snob. I listen to a lot of these up and coming like podcasts like mine, these MMA channels. I give them a shot. If I don't like them, I don't listen to them again. But yeah, go ahead.
1: I was a fan of his. Um I just don't love the way he handled the loss. I don't It's just the air, his arrogance level. I listened to the podcast after, and it just gave me like a sick feeling to my stomach. I was like, God, um, the only way that you can be a champion is if you learn from your losses. Um, and you have to respect your opponents, man. I mean, it is a fight, you know, blah blah blah, all that stuff, but at the same time, you know, give credit where credit's due, don't get carried. The optics are terrible, don't, don't get, don't go on your back. If you get kicked in the leg and your nerve gets fucked up whatever um, the second he was on his back in that fight he did not he did like his b his supposed bjj that he's been working on and is so great at um he never showed any of it he right. you know he had no, no I mean you don't always have to attack off your back but at least try to defend you know pull your opponent in close so they can't hit you with elbows he did nothing once he was on his back he gave up um he gave up. He took a bunch of ground and pound. And then suddenly, once the fight was over, he grabs his ankle and starts screaming. If you're in screaming, excruciating pain, you're in extreme excruciating pain from the second it happens, not, you know, 30 seconds later, once you've taken a bunch of damage to your brain. Mm-hmm. If your leg's broken and it's fucked up and you have to scream and it hurts, you're, you're fucking grabbing your leg and it hurts. How many other fights have you seen where somebody will get their leg kicked out and they're just, they roll over and they're grabbing their fucking leg? Right, and then to get carried out on a stretcher, yeah, carried out on a fucking stretcher, like yep. you know, that's
0: rough. That's It's rough. Ben Askren, Ben Askren, twenty four hours it.
1: later, dancing.
0: Yeah, Ben Askren nailed it. Ben Askren said, "I would have fucking killed somebody if they tried to make me leave on a stretcher." And and you know, his coach came out and said, "No, they made him do it." You know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a bad. That guy's it's the a biggest
1: battle. yes man on the fucking True. planet. True. He he is the biggest. If if you if you ever want to see somebody riding someone's coattails in MMA. His fucking head coach, his Tim butt Moach, buddy, his Tim roommate, Moach. his best friend yep. rides his. I've never seen anybody do it. It's like the biggest mooch of my life. Well, that's I've never seen his only student.
0: like Like that's his only guy he's got. He's got Sean. They cross train with multiple gyms in Arizona. They don't like have like a set camp. And that's the only, I mean, Tim's a fighter himself. Tim fought on the, I want to say the ultimate fighter and got knocked out. Um, here's my take on it. Okay. You're not going to like this. So I've been all over. I'm like you. I flip flopped on this a lot. Um, so, obviously, when the fight first happened, when I didn't see any replays, I thought his fucking, his foot, that his foot issue happened again. I went, oh, no. But then, when he got finished on the ground, I went, he got finished. There's no foot injury. When you hit the ground, why can't you take guard? Why can't you do whatever? So, I counted it as a loss right away. I, I As a big O'Malley fan, as a fan of his uh, style of fighting, I never once said it was a fluke loss. I said, listen, he should have defended. Yeah, he might have hurt his foot, ankle, whatever, but... He should have defended on the ground. And then you saw a replay where the foot injury happened because of the kick. It wasn't anything O'Malley did. Cheeto did that. So not only did Cheeto hurt his foot, but then he finished him on the ground. So then that's a double loss for O'Malley because it's a bad look. Michael Chandler had it before. It's called drop foot. You get a nerve hit in your leg and your foot literally you just can't put weight on it. It's literally a medical term called drop foot. Chandler had that in the Brett premise fight and then the weird stool thing. Um, but your foot's not broken. Your ankle's not broken. I mean, you might roll your ankle or whatever. And then it happened to, uh, Henry Cejudo twice, I believe.
1: Won two titles.
0: Yeah. Right. And, um, uh, everyone, two
1: fucking titles. Right.
0: So then you got all these bad, like you said, bad optics. And then he goes on the podcast and he acts like a spoiled little brat. Right. I did not like that. I said to you on the, uh, I texted you and said, I just heard the snippet of his podcast. I did not like the way he's handling it, right? And he got so much negative feedback from that that now he's spinning it, and he's even he's, he doesn't believe what he's saying now. So now he spun it to acting like a spoiled little baby, couldn't do the loss. Now it's like a gimmick. Now he's doing a bit with this whole I'm undefeated, I have an undefeated set of mind. Every time he talks about it now, he's doing he's playing it up now because he realizes it gets a rise out of people. So now I'm back on Sean O'Malley. I mean, I never was off him. He's my guy. I like what he's doing now, though. I like that how he's trying to spin it. He's trying to do the Chael Sonnen thing. He's trying to do the Colby, Colby
1: Covington. Some people <laughs> might
0: not. Some people might not like that, right? Because they don't like O'Malley and they don't like that type of promotion or whatever. But I will say this: You got to win your next fight. No matter who it is, you got to win, right? He says he wants to fight at the end of the year. He's going to get probably... I mean, Rob Font's ready to fight. Rob Font will be interesting. I think they just... I just saw that he's cleared to fight. Um, put him in December. You know, they always put a big card on in December. Sean O'Malley has to win his next fight. Or the the cuteness and the, the little I'm undefeated stuff starts going out the window when you start racking up some losses. But so with that being...
1: Go ahead. Um... Do you think they give him another, you know, do you think they give him a T-ball? Do they give him a low ball or do they give him someone even higher than Cheeto in the rankings? Because Cheeto was his biggest step up. He lost emphatically, looked like a fool. So do I've, they give him someone above Cheeto or do they give him another low ball? I've never,
0: I've never thought Cheeto was a T-ball. You said that. I never thought that. Cheeto was a former guy. Got dropped. I never out of,
1: thought he was a T-ball. No, I, everyone you, before then was a T-ball. You
0: called Cheeto a softball. I'll pull up the text right now. You said, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you said, oh, they're giving him another softball. Listen, Cheeto's very good, right? Will Cheeto ever win the title? Probably not, right? Sean O'Malley's calling him a journeyman. He's definitely not a journeyman. He's he's a solid prospect, right? He doesn't get finished. He's tough as they come. I love this confidence in fight week. Like his pulling the mask down, blowing kisses and stuff. Like that was fucking tough. I like that. He lost to a 145 song you do not even a 135 fight, and he lost out of the rankings, which he I thought was He didn't even stupid.
1: lose that fight either. And right,
0: and he didn't even lose the fight. As far as who they should give him, I mean, listen, I think that you can't take any steps back. I think I said that to you guys. You got to go forward. He's not in the rankings anymore, but if you give him a Song Yedong, if you give him a Rob Font or even a Rafael Sonsal, there's a lot of guys at 35 with some names. Rob Font not being the biggest name, but he is ranked 10 right now. Uh, but Rob Font is a striker. He's not going to take Sean down, right? And that's a a good matchup for him stylistically. Now, I will be a little disappointed. I wasn't disappointed in the Cheeto fight because I thought Cheeto was was a solid guy. I also thought Sean was going to run through Cheeto, right? I'm not going to hide that fact. I went heavy on Sean, lost a lot of money. I I Obviously, I'm going to pick Sean in whoever he fights next. I really don't hope it's like a guy who's like one and two in the UFC. You know what I mean? Give him a rank guy because Sean is sitting there telling everybody, I'm going to be a champion. This guy's a journeyman. Okay. Here's your chance to prove it. Let's give you a number 10 ranked guy. Or let's give you a 14, whatever Song Yunong is. So I think they have to give him guys above him. They have to. No more sets back. You know, I know he's only got 12 fights, 13 fights in his career. He's 12 and one. No more sets back, right? You've injury prone. You were out for two years. You, You came back. You had two really great first round knockouts. Had an ugly loss, an embarrassing loss. You're trying to spin it. Let's spin that into a top ten guy, and let's see if you can get a fucking dub.
1: So I believe, um, I believe the reason why those rankings got switched around, like kind of on, on the week before fight week on that Tuesday, was because um, Sean O'Malley was the centerpiece of you know one of the centerpieces of that event, and they needed to move him into the rankings because he was like their star. Right. Um, and I also. I Would like now more than ever is I want to see him fight Marab. I that's you. A, I have no appetite. About, I fight. you know what? Marab is Mar, Marab's heart is the hardest, and is, like the hardest
0: fight he, for everybody. For anybody, in that anybody. I think you got two stars there because Marab is this guy who comes from Georgia, right? Very small country, he's proud to be an American now, right? I don't know if he's a
1: great attitude. I don't know if he's an American he's citizen. A citizen. Is now. he? Okay, good. I think he's so a citizen. He now. comes
0: out with dual flags. He loves to be an American. Like Ray Longo was saying that he like built like a swing in his yard and was doing it all weekend. Cause he's like, this is the first time he's ever had a yard before, you know, the guy's awesome. You got to root for him. And he's got such a smothering style that he could be a star just based on his story. Sean O'Malley's a star on a different way because he's got the colorful hair and he's got the fucking millennials, the video game guys and all that stuff like that. I just feel like you can't match him up yet, right? You just can't. Because if Marat beats Sean right now, that's an ugly look for Sean. You got to give Sean – I mean, listen, I, and I'm an O'Malley guy and I love Sean O'Malley, but if, if you had a gun to my head and I'm being truthful, I think Mara, Mara, be, Mara beats Sean right now.
1: Especially he, it's the way that he looked against Doug Dodson – yeah. Um, especially the way he looked against Dodson. Dodson will not, you know, Dodson sometimes won't pull the trigger, but Mirab looked clean in his striking. Like he's getting better. He really a is lot better. He's and, not.
0: And like he, he's, he's never going to get tired. His, his no. dot. He had a beautiful game plan against Dodson. Cause dot he knew Dodson was always gonna be off his back foot and he's really hard to take down. Still went for, uh, several takedowns, but also controlled on the feet. Kept distance management didn't get hit at like at all. I don't think like Dodson maybe got one or two in there. But I like Morab. You know Morab's number thirteen. He's gonna he's gonna have some tough fights to find because I don't think anybody above him is gonna want to take that fight. Like I my first gut instinct right was to give him to like Pedro uh, Pedro Munoz right. Munoz coming off a loss, throw him in the deep end. But I don't think Munoz is gonna want to take that fight.
1: He won't especially. I scored that. I watched that fight back twice. I scored that fight for for, for Pedro. Um, I have that. I have fight. that on here. So we'll go to that next. Um, but I don't. I think Marab might have the best gas tank in all of UFC, especially someone that's his body type. Yeah, he's pretty most muscular. Most of the gas tank guys. Yeah, he's pretty Most muscular. of the gas tank guys are like, like lanky and skinnier. You know, right? Um, but he's like ripped up, shredded, crazy gas tank. Yep. Like. I want to see him in every... I want to see him fight five rounds every fucking... Yeah. You know... He could fight 10 Every weeks. fucking time. Longo... Like, I just want to see him go. I'm
0: sure you've heard on Anakin Florian Podcast, Longo, they do these hill runs. And every fighter at the Longo gym hates the hill runs. They're like, this is fucking a joke. Marab runs with someone on his back. So not only is he just doing hill runs, he's I'll running joke. running with someone <laughs> on his fucking back. You know what I mean? Like, Aljermaine Sterling, great cardio. And... um Ray's like literally, I would want to sell tickets to watch these guys go because the minute they're done doing five rounds, they're both going to hit bags and it's like a competition with each other. They're both pushing each other in such right ways. I'm interested to see if Aljo beats Petra and Marab starts getting some wins, how's that going to happen? Who's going to fight? You know, are they They going to fight each other? They're like brothers. Like, I think Aljo, I think they said like Marab's going to be in Aljo's wedding or something like that.
1: You know, Aljo's actually talking about retirement too. He says he only got a couple years left. I don't – I think – especially if he gets the title, I think him and Marab are such buddies and such – they're like basically family. I think he would relinquish and let Marab fight for a vacant if that were to ever happen. I don't
0: know. We'll see. We'll see. I who team, knows? Teammates fighting, like at big gyms, like Gr- Jackson's and, and ATT, when you can schedule times for guys to come in and stuff like that, 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 that makes sense. Like, I mean, Rosa and JDS just did that. But Longo, Wideman, MMA out there in Long Island, it's not big. Like, they train together. So I don't know how to do it. But since you brought it up, one of my other topics here is Munoz-Egger decision. You had Pedro Munoz, I had Frank Yeager. One of the things you and I disagree on a lot via text when we talk about fights is decisions. I haven't watched this fight back yet, so it's 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 not super clear in my head right now. I just thought Frankie looked so good. Frankie, I thought, landed a lot more shots than people gave him credit for. Pedro landed the bigger shots. And then I think Frankie mixed up some takedowns a little bit. I wanted him to mix up more takedowns. I don't think it was a robbery either way. I think it was a very competitive fight. If they would have went with Pedro, I would have been okay with it. If they would have went with Frankie like they did, I'm okay with it. But... From my eyes, from the one time I watched it, I thought Frankie won. I thought he looked great at almost forty years old. Is he gonna be? He's gonna be forty, like twenty one or something. Um, I thought he looked good, and I don't think it was a loss for either guy, right? The one thing I think really hurt Pedro is he immediately asked for a rematch, right? Like I feel like okay, just time to move on. Like let's. You're, you, you're uh, um, still in the top 10 ranking, like go find another guy. Like there's a lot of a winnable fights out there for Pedro Munoz. I mean, the guy's lights out on the ground. He's got good, powerful boxing, not the cleanest boxing in the world, but he's got some powerful hands and he's got a fucking chin on him. So I don't like how he immediately asked for a rematch, but what's your take on it? Dev? you had Munoz winning, right?
1: You know, the only reason why the fight was in Vegas, the way that they, they have, the, they, have they have, they've adopted the new scoring set so the way that the fights are, are scored is damage, number one, effective striking, then effective grappling, then octagon control. That's just the way that, that, that is the way that MMA is scored today. So even if it's two to one on significant strikes, like if Frankie hits him twice with two hard jabs, maybe makes his nose trickle, and Pedro hits him with a big overhand and, you know, makes him circle out and he gets rocked a little bit, um, those that one strike should equal more than those two jabs even though statistically they would be scored as significant strikes. Right. And that and that's just like a weird um and it's really for me I don't find it weird. It's like um for the Viviani Arujo fight um versus Montana Della Rosa. The striking was like very very close but it looked like Montana Della Rosa got drugged behind a fucking truck. She took it bad. Like busted like like up. Like her which is her a face. shame cuz she's a kitty yeah, so her poor husband, you know, has to deal with that shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, it it's just I scored that fight for Pedro. I think he hit him with better leg kicks. Um, I think he he got the better boxing off the more damaging shots. Um, but you know, it's it wasn't like highway robbery because it could have gone either way. Um, I watched it twice and I wrote I wrote my scores down and I scored it different both times per, per round. So it, it was just, you know, um round three was like a little bit harder to score. I, I scored it, I scored it for each of them. Um, but I still I after the fight was over, I had the overall feeling. Like if it was a pride scoring, I kind of felt like Pedro probably did enough. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it's it wasn't like it wasn't a robbery, and then Pedro shouldn't be, you know, saying, fuck you, I want a rematch. I would I would have said um, I, would, I won opera.
0: I won the fight, right? Yeah. I don't have no problem with him saying I won the fight. He went on the post fight and was like, I want a rematch. I want a rematch. And it's like, bro, let it settle a little bit. You're not, I mean, it wasn't, You're like not it, a was, champ. it was close and everything, but like kind of let it marinate a little bit. Obviously, you know, he's, he's emotional and stuff like that. Haven't really heard him say anything um, bad or, or since then or whatever. You got to go pee. You can go pee, but we don't. Yeah. Devin's got to piss everybody. Ramble on. I'm going to kill some time here. That's what I do best. I kill some time. He just tripped over his chair. It was really funny. I saw it. Um, yeah. I, 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 we talked about this on the podcast, boys. I had, uh, I had Frankie winning that fight. It just felt like a field thing. And what Devin was talking about is these significant strikes. The judges do not have privy, uh, they're not privy to the um, stats. I, I don't believe. Um, they need to do something different about judging. I understand that. But this fight, I thought they got it right, right? It was very, very competitive. I had 3 2 Frankie. Um, again, I can't remember the fight off the top of my head. I'd have to watch it again. And maybe if I watch it again, I'll come back here and say, hey, I was wrong. Pedro won. Um, but I just, I lean Frankie here and I picked Pedro. I, you know, I was against Frankie. He's older, he's a little bit chinny at this point. And, um, he looked really good. I wanted him to mix up his takedowns a little bit more, and and he, he kind of did. And uh, Frankie's really good on top, really heavy on top. Pedro did a great job of threatening with a choke and then popping back up to his feet. Um, he couldn't, he didn't get held down by Frankie. Frankie holds fucking everybody down. And uh, yeah, I thought it was a really, really good fight. Probably one of the best fights in the month of August. Um, if if you're asking me, he's back now. All right, we're done with that topic, Dev. I, I I've uh, filled the audience in of, of my thoughts. Give me your next topic, pal. What are we talking about?
1: Um, I've got a couple left here. Um, I would like to talk about guys that have been on skids lately and that have been coming off of embarrassing fights. Um, two name of them,
0: one. Name one. That's not Sean O'Malley, ass.
1: No, this is this is probably worse. Unfortunately, okay. Um, what is it? Robbie Lawler and Anthony Smith. Yeah. Um,
0: Anthony Smith. He he kind of broke down. I don't know if you listened to that podcast that he was on. I didn't listen to the whole thing. It was like an audio. And he was just like, I, you know, his legs apparently fucked up. And he was just like, guys, I'm not doing well. Like, I'll be honest with you. I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing well. And I think he meant that mentally, right? Um, I don't think, you know, he's flirting with going back to 205 or excuse me, 185 or heavyweight. Um, he'd have to gain a lot of weight to be heavyweight, though, because he's kind of a he's kind of a lean dude.
1: Yeah. You'd get killed at heavyweight. Yeah,
0: I don't like him at heavyweight. you know, at 85, I just think that weight cut him, kills him. I just think uh you know, I I don't I don't see the same guy that I've seen in in the past. I don't see the same fire that I saw when he fought Volkanousimir. Like right, like yeah. it's the same thing that I, I talk about quite often. Is these guys like Anthony Smith? Like maybe five years ago, he never thought he would ever get a title shot. Right, he was just fighting for a paycheck. Then he then he start getting some success and he fight for the title. And I feel like that might have been enough for him. He's like, listen, I start off eight and eight. I had a losing record at one point in MMA, and now I'm fighting for the world title against the greatest of all time, and I didn't get finished, right? I think that's a trophy enough for him. So now his paychecks are even bigger because he's a main event fighter, and I just don't see the same fire that he has. It's weird. Like, the the Alexander Record fight, I picked I Rekic know. to win, but I felt like Anthony Smith matched up pretty well with him, and Rekic bullied him.
1: He didn't even, like... You take one leg kick that you don't like, um, even if you don't check it and it sucks. Like you can just pressure the guy that's throwing leg kicks. It's not like Rakic is moving forward and is some uh, you know immovable object. Like don't stand there and just eat those leg kicks. Cut an angle, step on the outside of that leg that he's kicking that he's kicking with, and he can't throw the leg kick anymore. Yeah. Or or get in the inside and get in the clinch and and use some dirty boxing. Like you don't have to. You don't, ha- you don't have to stand at kicking range. Right. Um, the second you took the first kick is when his coach should have said, get the fuck out of kicking range. Right. Not not after the first round. Right. Like his coaches needed to be screaming in his corner. He get the fuck out of kicking range.
0: Listen, if, I, if I'm fighting uh, Alexander Rakic, the first thing I'm doing is I'm learning how to check some kicks. High, low, body, whatever. Because the guy's hands aren't. Like, out of this world. Like, he's not knocking out with hands. He's knocking out with kicks. So, for Anthony Smith to march in there and get his fucking leg kicked off, it's like, bro, what have you been doing for eight weeks? Like, know that this guy's coming at you kicking. It's just, I feel like he, some of these fighters, sometimes I feel like they just, they have this mentality where they're like, I'm not worried about what he's doing. I'm worried about what I'm doing. Which is fine, right? Worry about what you're doing, worrying about your skills, but also, hey, you got to know what this fucking guy's going to do, or you're going to walk into a buzzsaw like Anthony
1: Smith just did. So yeah. we'll do some tape study, man, sure. like, and, and work on your footwork. Um, because if you can't check the leg kick, if you're going to stay at kicking range and, you, and you're going to, and you can't check the leg kick, like if you just step to the outside of the leg that he's kicking you with, he has to pivot and change an angle in order to kick again. At that moment, that is when you pressure forward and that's when you engage in boxing or the clinch or, or whatever. Like you don't have to – you you don't have to stay at a kicking range. Like you can use your footwork. Um, Anthony Smith probably has the better – probably has the better footwork. Um, I, he, he also said that Alexander Rakic was big and strong and that once no. he was on top of him, he just couldn't stand up. Right. That's not a good sign.
0: It's not a um, good sign for a guy who corrects people when they say that he's a good striker. He goes, "Whoa, whoa! whoa. I'm a jujitsu fighter. I got a lot of wins by submissions." You've been taking down my Glover, didn't do anything. You've been taking him out the Jones, didn't do anything. Not only you're not threatening submissions, but you're also not—you don't know how to get off of your back. Like Alex Gneradsek is not a grappler. You know, he's big and strong, sure, but if you put—if that was Glover Teixeira, just for instance, right? Glover Teixeira is not a killer off his back but he's going to get up right? He's going to get up yeah. off his back and get back to his feet and work as Anthony Smith just was happy to take that position and it just I think he's happy that he, he that he got through the fight without getting finished and it was just a a really boring decision. Um yeah, he know, it's he it's, it's ugly. I felt bad for him after that interview I saw that he did with the he's not doing great. But then again, you know, this is MMA. This is it's a team sport in a way because you're training with people, but it's also an individual sport. Sometimes you don't show up You know, that's on you. That's not on your camp. That's on you. Fighters go in there. They'll feel flat. They'll do this. They'll do that. That, you know, there's no rhyme or reason for it. Uh, Anthony Smith will probably benefit talking to a sports psychologist if if he doesn't already. That helped George St. Pierre immensely after the Sarah loss. And, uh, yeah, there's there's obviously something going on. And as far as Robbie Lawler that you brought up, that one's a little different because he's a little bit older, right? And he's just gunshot. Like he's just, he got a little tired of Magni fight. Magni was all over him and his game plan was trash. Like, why are you clinching with Magni? Why are you initiating going for clinch? takedowns? Went for a takedown that just backfired in your face. Like be the old savage Robbie Lawler that fought Roy McDonald, that fought Carlos Condit, that fought Johnny Hendricks is the first and second time. Really um, be the guy that's staying on the outside, throwing kicks, throwing big shots and, and avoiding all that stuff. And,
1: Go take his fucking head off yeah. and don't be worried about anything else. Just know that you need to stand up if you get into a bad situation. Right. Otherwise, go take – like there, that's, that needs to be Robbie Lawler's game plan. Literally, like if you end up on your back, stand the fuck up, go take his head and off. And he comes like
0: from it, a good camp. <laughs> Listen, he's training with Gilbert Burns. He's training with Kamar Usman. Like yeah. Henry hoof got some studs at 170. It has to be a mental thing at this point. Robbie, it could As be age, you know. right? It could be age. Sure, I mean he's getting older. But the fact that he's so gun shy in there, and he's not getting slept really. I mean, he got knocked out by Tyron, but he's not getting knocked out. Like he's not like he's his chin's gone or anything. It's just he won't pull the trigger, and it's it's, it's a gun shy age thing, and it's you know it's tough to watch because I like Robbie Lawler. He's never been one of my guys, but I mean, I think if you're an MMA fan, Bob Lawler's your guy no matter what because he's
1: a bad he, motherfucker. Yeah, like, he's
0: exciting to watch. It's not a boring Robbie Lawler fight. Um
1: yeah, just you know and going back to Anthony Smith, um yeah. I don't like Mark Montoya. I think he's yeah, a terrible he's, head coach. He's, he's I a think bit Anthony overrated. Smith needs to run. He needs to get out of that gym. Right. Um, I think he should go. Um I think what would help him a lot is to get like a serious dietitian. Um, like you know how Henry was doing the Neuroforce One thing and how that would like completely change his body yeah. in his fight camps. I think Smith needs to look into doing something like that. Go and talk to some serious dietitians, talk to some serious dudes that are, will help him change his body and possibly go back to 185. Um yeah. the weight cut sucks. Um, but you know, if fucking if Jared Cannonier can make one eighty five and and win fights and Yoel can do it, Paulo Costa can do it, Anthony Smith can do it. Like
0: Yeah, but those guys aren't six four, you know. Anthony Smith's big, he's a big boy. He's lean though. Right, He's lean. He's long and lean, and, and he's definitely not as muscular as those guys. So those, you're right. Those guys' weight cuts are probably a little brutal. But, yeah, if he can cut weight the right way to 185, then maybe. Right? Maybe. I like him at 205 still. I just don't understand why he just doesn't add size. Right? Yeah, or that. Yeah, just put some size on. Don't go to heavyweight. Take a couple months. With heavyweight, he'll get killed. Put a little size on. Right? Because I, I guarantee you he's not cutting a ton of weight for 205 put a little size on, get a good, uh, get a good regimen going, get a good program going and put some size on. And you're right. I don't like Ma- Mark Montoya either. Um, he's got bit under fire a couple times this year already with his, As he should be. his cornering work. He's from Nebraska. Anthony Smith lives in Nebraska. He goes to Colorado to train with Montoya and those guys. Guess who else is in Colorado? Trevor Whitman, who I think yeah, is exactly. a fantastic coach and he's a great mental coach. He fucking can get guys where they need to go. Now the problem with Whitman though, is he doesn't just take on anybody like,
1: He's, He'll take Anthony Smith.
0: He said on the Rogan thing, like, I, I've really cut my athletes down. I think he's got, you know, he, he took on Kamar Usman for the uh, George fight. He's got Gaethje, he's got Rose, and maybe someone else. And that was it. Be- before that, he had fucking everybody. J.J.
1: Aldridge. I, th- I think J.J. Aldridge is, that, is over there. Is that his, um, is. But I'm 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 pretty sure Anthony Smith, he would welcome Anthony Smith. I, I, you, you would have to, um, right? Anthony Smith's yeah. buddies
0: with Rashad, too, after, you know, he knocked Rashad out. and They've been pretty good friends. Um, and Rashad is, is a, is a Whitman guy, you know? So I think maybe a change, change of scenery, right? I mean, cause he trained in, uh, Nebraska, most of his career went to Colorado, made a huge leap, which is great, but don't stop there. Cause now you're recessing. Now your your skills aren't what they used to be. Let's go one step further because I do think you're young enough and you have the skills, um, to do things. I think obviously the mental hurdle is going to be big to get over. And then, um, just the fact that you got to go in there a little more mindful of, of what you can do and what your opponent can do to really, really get it. All right, so we're talking about light heavyweights. Let's jump to my thing. John Jones, he gave up the light heavyweight title. Light heavyweight's wide open. We had a great fucking light heavyweight fight this weekend that got scratched, Glover versus Santos. So I'm going to ask you, Devin, who is the next... I know we got Blahovic and Reyes coming up at the end of this month. Who is your next light heavyweight champion?
1: You know, um... I'm I haven't we're we're going to pick this fight. We're going to pick the fight. Um, you don't have to, you don't know.
0: have to you don't have to show your hand. That's right. We are going to pick the fight. But let me ask you this, question. let me rephrase the question. Who's going to be out of the top 10 guys? Who's going to be a, cha- a champion at least once, right? Cuz I think you and I both agree that this is probably going to switch hands a few times. So out of the top 10, you got Misha Sirkinoff, you got Nikita Krylov, you got Anthony Smith, Volkan, Yuri Rakix, Teixeira, Blachowicz, Santos, and Reyes. Out of those guys, who's going to be a champ at least once?
1: I think, um, to start off, I think um, John Jones leaving the light heavyweight division is the best thing for that division. 100%. Um, because there will be no more, fi- there's going to be no more John Jones fights Especially as of late, where people are like, he lost that fight, blah 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 blah. There's going to be no more questions asked because, you know, the way that Dominic Reyes fights, the way that Jan Blachowicz fights, the way that the way that Thiago Santos fights is, is normally they don't they don't leave you questioning who won the fight. Um, I it's tough because I think people are sleeping on Jan on on the Dominic no, I'm, Reyes I'm, fight. I'm sleeping um, on
0: him. I think Jan stinks. I'm not I'm not, I'm not saying that to try to like mess with you and when we do our pickems, I'll look you right in the face right now. I'm picking Dom Reyes because I think Blahover stinks.
1: I think I think um I think Jan can't be looked over. I do think Dom's gonna win that fight too, but I think Jan can't be looked over. Um I think Dom is gonna win, and then Santos is gonna be who he fights next. Yeah. Um
0: and then Yuri is gonna beat all of them and become champion. That's is that what you're gonna say?
1: I think Yuri has a chance to 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 fight for that belt. I don't know if he wins. He wins. Um I I think Tiago I think Santos is probably the most dangerous striker sure. in that division. Power. Um big guy, big guy. I, I think Santos is the hardest hitter. And I think he's the hardest puncher and kicker. And I think number two that can match him in punching power is obviously Dominic Reyes. I think Dominic Reyes is the best athlete in that division.
0: I, I did. I think Dominic Reyes is a good athlete. I think Yuri hits harder than Dominic Reyes.
1: Or, or him too. He fucking cracks hard. Everyone at two hundred five. You know those like some of those guys at two hundred five can really crack. Even mm-hmm. Jan can crack. I mean, look what he did to Luke Rockhold. He fucking killed him twice. Right. Um, Tiago has been stopped before. But that was like in other divisions when I, that dude made that dude made welterweight.
0: Yeah, he's never been stopped at two hundred five. So you got to attribute to some of those chin issues with weight, coming back. with weight cut. Rumble's coming back. He's going to two hundred five. He's not. He's not a heavyweight. He was supposed to come back at heavyweight, but he's going back at two hundred five. I guess uh, him training, he's, he's dropping weight like crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, listen to answer my own question. Reyes, Blahovic. Spoiler alert: I think Reyes is going to win. I hope it's not a close fight so they don't run it back because I think Jan Blahovic is fucking boring. I'd rather watch paint dry. And I'm not just saying that because he's a boring fighter because he's not. Like, he's an exciting fighter. I just don't get excited for Jan Blahovic. If you watch Jan Blahovic, Thiago Santos, it's an awesome fucking fight. Blahovic versus Luke Rockhold was a pretty sick fucking fight. I just, I don't know what it is. I think he's like fucking just, you know, egg whites, right? He's just he's just fucking there. He's just plain. He's bland. I don't, I don't care about him. So I think Reyes is going to win. Reyes has this little confidence, arrogance about him, which I think is going to play well for people that don't like him or people that do like him. Uh, Santos, I think, will be Glover. They've, they've held that fight um, in October. Santos, Reyes obviously makes the most sense. I, I, I'm i not going to give a pick for that fight right now. i got to deep dive into that. My guy, Yuri, he's sitting at six. I mean, the makes the most sense is Rakic. Rakic is right there at five. You mentioned uh, Magramev and Kalayev, which I would like if he beats Ayan Kutalaba. I also would like to see maybe Yuri, whose big question mark is the ground game. Maybe fight a guy like Misa Serkinov, who is a little bit chinny, can get knocked out. But also, if he gets you on the ground, he's a fucking stud. Um, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of options for, for guys here. I think Magomed and Kalayev being 13th, I think is a little crazy. I mean, Ryan spans ranked uh, higher than him, which I think is nuts. Shogun's ranked higher than him. I know Shogun's had some good wins, but come the fuck on. I hope they don't give Shogun. Cause you know what they do? The UFC's model is we're going to give these, this, this young budding knockout artist, a legend and kind of cement him. Rich Franklin, Ken Shamrock, you know, uh, Petr Jan, Uriah Faber. If they give Yuri Shogun, that's a death.
1: That makes me sick. That's that death. makes me fucking sick to think of it, dude. That's a death. That makes you me love sick. To see. Because Shogun was getting rocked by Noguera. Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah. low key scored that yeah. fight for Noguera. <laughs> like,
0: it was a close fight. I can't remember. Who I scored it for. I think I leaned Shogun, or I might even lean a draw. I think it was one round apiece and that third round was so close. They both they both knew they're both a little tired but you're right. I mean Shogun got touched and he didn't go down but he definitely was like, "Whoa, I just you know, his chin is 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 not there."
1: Like somebody somebody that could really crack, that could really really crack Arden hard. Dead. We'll, He's dead. He's like we'll kill dead. him. He's dead. We'll kill We'll uh, kill
0: him. I hope they don't do that, and I hope Shogun's management goes. Listen, guys, we're looking for the Paul Craig rematch, and then we're fucking out,
1: right? We're running. We're yeah, running.
0: we're not. We're not looking for these fucking studs. Maybe I think there's OSP. a lot
1: though. OSP. OSP. Looked, he looked good, dude. He's not ranked.
0: Was- in, he's not ranked in the top fifteen, which is weird. I think he has That's to criminal. be now, right? Because he went up to heavyweight. He's got some losses, but yeah, I mean, I, I would put OSP over Ryan Span. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean.
1: I, I would like to see that fight. I would yeah. love to see that fight.
0: Um, I uh. The way that, I just been on a Yuri Pruskaga kick. I can't pronounce his last name. I need to learn Yuri kick. Watched all his fights. The guy's interesting to me. I, you know, and and I haven't been interested in a light heavyweight in a long time. It's been kind of a boring decision. And even if a light heavyweight came along and I was like, "Whoa, this guy could be really good," I go, "Well, he's never going to fucking touch Jones." And even he's never going to touch DC for a while there. You know what I mean? But now that it's so wide open and a lot of these guys are fucking strikers, like Dominic Reyes is going to stand up. Tiago Santos is going to stand up. John Belovich is going to stand up. Glover, Glover's been mixing up just because he's a little bit older for a dog. Alexander in uh, even though he just took down Alexander or uh, Anthony Smith, he's fucking a stand-up guy. Yuri, he's standing up. Vulcan, stand up. You know what I mean? All these guys, Johnny Walker, who's number 11, who I don't know how he's number 11 when he's got two losses in a row. A lot of these dudes are going to stand up and bang. So 205 is super interesting. It's been a shitty division for a long time, and we're fucking getting it fired
1: up it's gonna be great these are this i'm t- there's gonna be like 205 for the next two years is just gonna be fucking violent
0: Perfect. like
1: it's gonna be fucking violent
0: all right we're we're getting close to an hour here right we're going cap it an hour we got seven minutes how many more notes do you have you want to rifle some of those off i got one more here and then i'm done so you want to rifle off some of the good ones here we can just quickly cover um, them
1: yeah, um I just wanted to ask you like who your up and coming um you know there's been a lot of a lot of you know guys that have debuted in the past, you know, month and a little bit before then. Um mm-hmm. who do you have like on your hot prospect? Like who how who who's looked good to you that's either that's new or just a couple fights in? Like who who do you now have your eye on that you didn't have before? So
0: Yuri, we talked about he's only had one fight in. That's impressive. Let me go through my notes here. Um, I really like and Kalayev as well. He's got more than a couple fights, but he's, he's under the radar. He had that ugly loss of Paul Craig. So those are guys that are two Oh five. Um, let's see here. I really like, um, Andre Munez who won the other night. Big fucking kid for 85.
1: Let's see off the contender series.
0: Uh, yeah. All the contender series just won by uh, guillotine choke. Solid prospect at one eighty five. He's young as shit. His striking needs to come along. His jujitsu is great and he's fucking big and strong. Uh, That kid is is a stud. Joe Selecki, a guy from Wilmington, North Carolina, he looked pretty good. He's in that Shark Tank division, though, at 155. I don't know how far he can go, but he looked good against Austin Hubbard. Um, Really good. Yeah. Um, Danny Chavez, your boy, he looked really good uh, against TJ Brown. He looked like a savage. Slowed down a little bit, but he, he took the fight on short notice. Literally just bullied TJ Brown, beat him up to the legs, beat him up to the head, and fucking every ta- every takedown defense was just get the fuck off me. Just shrugged off him. Um, who else? Uh, bah, 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 bah. I mean, yeah, I think that's really kind of it. I mean, on the on the off the top of my head, I mean, I'm, I'm really high in Drew Dober right now as well. Uh, he needs to get a fight. I, I, I he was supposed to fight Islam Makachev, and they didn't have that fight. I'm high on him, a guy that hasn't made his UFC debut yet, who I am super high on. I have DM'd him two or three times. One of the few guys I actually want to interview is Bo Nickel. He's going to do the Olympics in the summer. He's training with George. He's time with George's uh, Masvidal. Um, Management company, and then he's gonna be training probably American top team. That kid's gonna be a fucking stud. He's gonna be 205 or 85. He hasn't announced what weight he's gonna be. He's a fucking stud. He's gonna come in. I just hope he doesn't get signed to Bellator. Uh no, yeah. I'm and speaking sorry. about up and coming guys, my last note, since we'll I'll, I'll feather tail off what you were saying. My last note is Edmund Shabazi is a fucking fraud. Everyone was on this guy's dick, and I was like, I I mean, I fell to it. I wasn't. I didn't love his Darren Stewart fight. I, that that was the fight that I remembered. Not all these knockouts fights. A vet like Derek uh, Brunson, who's who's a stud in the Shabazi, and just fucking folds in that fight, right? I mean, Brunson's good, but I mean, I hate to, to to hit a guy down when he's only had one loss. But I, you know, I think he's a fraud, especially with that camp he comes from. Like, that camp produces Get frauds.
1: Get out of that. Get out of that. That's another one of those guys. Um. The, him and and Montoya are two camps that, I mean, I'm not a fighter, but if I was ever a fighter, I would fucking run for the hills because yeah. Mark Montoya will let you die. Um, yeah. he will literally let you die, and then, um, you know, Edmund Tarverian is just uh, I, who knows where that guy's fucking head is at. Not oh, and Diego one- Sanchez's head coach.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that guy, that guy's a, Josh. Uh, is Josh something. I forget his name. Who uh, Montoya has a good facility and has a lot of fighters. So that kind of gets attention. Edmund. Listen, I don't know how these guys afford it, right? Like the guy that fought in the Contender series that beat bazooka. Um, this is a guy that took five years off and he's living in Glendale, California. You know, how fucking expensive California is. What the hell is this guy doing? Right? They're all Armenian. They had, none of them have fucking cardio. And they they worship Edmund. Edmund ha- runs like a cult or something. It's, it's weird, it's man. It's really fucking weird. I mean, he gets these guys young, too. I mean, Shabazi was training when he was like fucking 15.
1: they like gypsies or yeah, something Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> They're doing some weird shit.
0: Something's going on, okay? I'm just going to put... I'm just going to go ahead. Something's going on with
1: that right there. I wanted to... um. Do, let me ask you... Let me ask, ask, ask you... Yeah.
0: Go ahead. I oh, was going to ask you the same question. Who are the guys... Were you about to say the guys you, you have an eye on?
1: Yeah. All right, tell me, because um, that was
0: what my follow-up question. Go ahead.
1: So um, one of them is obviously uh, Kamzat Shemaev. Um, <sighs> Kazmat. I le-
0: I, his name's Kazmat, bro. Um,
1: He – I don't love all the new media attention that he's getting. I don't love that he's been double-booked. I don't yeah. love the fight against Gerald Mearshart because Gerald Mearshart – I feel like everybody forgets that he was just about to fight at
0: 205. He's a big 85-er, and Kazmat's <laughs> not the big... I mean, Kazmat should be at 70. He
1: and Mearskart,
0: this is going to prove a lot, because Mearskart's really good on the fucking rounds, He's too. fucking good.
1: Yeah. Um. And then to be double-booked r- right after that against the Demi and Maya is yeah. like a big kick in the dick to Gerald Mearskart. If I was
0: Jared Mearskart, I'd be like, what the fuck did I do to you guys?
1: Oh, he said I'm not going to let him fight uh, yeah, Demi and Maya. I yeah, love that. Uh, it was a good quote, yeah. I love Gerald Mearskart. Um... I don't and what's what's even worse is um the God I can't his his opponent is slipping my mind. Kamzat's last opponent. Um uh, Reese McGee? Yeah, Reese McGee. Yeah. He's a 155er. Right. And he was bigger. He was bigger than Kamzat. So He's
0: tall and lanky, yeah.
1: Um so that's you know I don't. Yeah, I like I like Kamza just saying I'll fight anybody anywhere. I I do love that mentality. I mean, you who doesn't? Right. Um. And then to be double, but to be double booked against Demi and Maya, it's like fuck. You know, they're really overlooking Gerald Mearshart, which is never a good thing to do. Um. But I, um, let it be known. Uh. You know, as soon, the the first thirty seconds of the of of Hamzat's debut, I was texting you and I was like, yeah. this guy's got you, it. You were He's on. He's a it. bad. You
0: were on it uh, right yeah. away. Yeah. I, I'm not sold yet, and the only reason is because of who he's fought. I want to see him fight somebody, and it's not going to be Merskart because Merskart's going to welcome going to the ground. I want to see someone fight off the takedown, and I want to see what he looks like standing up, right? I've yeah. seen clips of him sparring with Alexander. He looks like he's got some good like flow to him, right? He's obviously not a striker per se right now, but uh, he definitely looks like he has some good flow to him. He doesn't look super uncomfortable. I know it was sparring, but... He's in a division. What if he if he wants to bounce up between one eighty five and one seventy? Both those there's some killers in there. Um, it's just a thing. So I got to really, really see uh, how he looks against Merskart before. But you know, I mean, I just can't crown him yet. But yeah, you were. That's what you got to do. That's that's the Brian method, right? You got to jump on a guy early because now everyone's going to jump on him, and you have proof. Like, no, 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 I was fucking behind this guy from the beginning. Now obviously he can backfire on you. If they end up turning out to be shit, then you got to take some shit, but it's worth it.
1: Another, some, like I said, I'll eat some crow. You know, another um, guy I
0: want to bring up real quick before we bring up your guy is Gavin Tucker. That was a guy that was slipped my mind. He looked fucking fantastic. Yes, really good boxing. If he can just stay healthy, he's a fucking solid prospect. That's the only other guy I want to bring up.
1: Um, who's then your then the second guy, guy? I wanted yeah. to bring up is um input Kasanganai. I love him that was i was gonna bring him up as well i need to see a little
0: more about him uh seems like he's doing the the whole fight promotion thing a little differently like he wants to fight like every weekend and he's going about it like being like nice guy like oh i love a to fight too. let's do it september 12th like he's the but sweetest
1: he, human in the world he is a nice guy when he when he won his first contender series last year right. um, but he didn't get the contract I sent him a personal I sent him a direct message and I was like, look man, great performance. You were the underdog. You you've got you've you're not even you haven't even been fighting MMA for a year. Keep your head up. You're going to be back. You will be in the UFC. And he's like he's a he's a you know, he's a big time religious guy. And right, he was right. just like, I appreciate your message, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then he came, he in the contender series, he won like a grinding wrestling, you know, a grinding wrestling match. Um where he was heavy in the grappling, so he showed his his she showed that he could he showed that he could grapple. He showed right. he was good in the clinch. He, and then against Maki Patolo, he pieced him up. I Just did not expect out, to no. see that. I thought he was gonna grind I right. thought he was gonna grind on him. Exactly. So he went out he went out like and boxed with the boxer. Layers.
0: Yeah. He went out and boxed with the yeah. boxer. And he
1: great he kept his guard up. He 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 got touched, he stayed composed. Um He's been fighting for less than two years professionally. And to have that type of composure, yeah, um, I really think fighting in front of Dana White on the Contender Series, not getting the contract, being fully let down in front of Dana White was probably the best thing ever for his career because there's going to be no other crowd bigger than fighting right in front front of Dana Dana White White and and winning and him saying no. Right. there's nothing, you know, there's going to be no bigger letdown, you know?
0: I like that kid a lot. I, I, I want to um, see him fight again. I was, I picked Patolo. I bet it, uh, Impa to go to decision because I thought, okay, I, I Patolo had a plus next to his name, but plus 170 for it to go to decision. I'm like, well, Impa's just going to lay on him, right? He's going to take him down. He's going to drag him out and then, and then he's just going to really wear on him. But he goes out there and he fucking boxes him up and did really well, laying at the bigger shots, took some really good body shots too, because Patolo, as you know, can rip to the body and uh I was thoroughly impressed like you know he's 2 years in former uh D2 football star ripped up has cardio for days for a guy that's that ripped up and uh also might be the nicest fucking guy in the world I think uh Steven Thompson might be getting a run for his money as the nicest uh fighter out there
1: yeah they, they got to do it I got one last thing um, and I'm pretty sure it's let's do it it's it's about a fight. I think the fight got made in August. Um but I just wanted to touch base um about it. Um Anderson Silva versus Uriah Hall. Um wasn't that that fight was made in August, wasn't it?
0: Ah uh, yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah, I think it was made in August. I'm not sure when the when the date is when they're supposed to fight. I can I can look it up. Halloween. Everybody. Was it Halloween? Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that, got, that got brought Yana's. up in August. Um I think it's a perfect fight. For, Dana's saying this is Anderson's last fight. Anderson, I saw an interview where he kind of agreed, but also said, you know, didn't really close the door on it. I mean, he's what, 44, 45 years old. This is a really good fight because Uriah Hall came off the uh, Ultimate Fighter and everyone was comparing him to Anderson Silva. This world class striking, and then just never really kind of lived up to it. So, obviously, you got to, when you want to send Anderson Silva off, you got to give him a guy that's going to showcase his skills, even though Anderson's reflexes aren't the same, even though his speed and power might not be the same. I like the matchup with Uriah Hall. I think that's a really, really good matchmaking for uh, a guy like Anderson Silva who's fucking 50 years old, you know? And I think he might win. I got to really look into it. Um, I think he might win that fucking fight. I've never been a Uriah Hall guy, ever. I've ne- I've always betted against him, I think.
1: I think, I, I mean, I kind of hate that fight. Um, I think it's like a lose-lose for Anderson Silva because if he loses the fight, he lost to Uriah Hall. Um, I think that they should have gave him somebody that was – Anderson Silva's a name. You don't have to give him another, you don't have to give him a ranked opponent if he's gonna retire. Um, I think that they should have I think I hate when people get low balls, but like I think Anderson Silva should have got somebody he could probably show out on. Um it, but, but only, it's hard but because it's this, the this, UFC. Like who the fuck are you gonna show out on? Well, it's his um, final
0: fight, so that's why I'm like, I like the matchmaking. I mean, Uriah Hall's ranked nine, which is insane to me. But you can't give him anybody higher, right? He's already fought Derek Brunson. Uh, you can't give him Shabazzian because Shabazzian is that young kid that could murder him, or he could he could get murdered and his career's over. You know, if you got knocked out by a fucking 50-year-old Angela Silva. Weidman makes a lot of sense. I like the Luke Rockhold fight as well, because they were supposed to fight when Rockhold was the champion of strike force. There was always that super fight talk. Um, but I like the Uriah hall fight. Yeah, I think it's a good, I think it's a good matchup. I don't know who else they could have gave him. You're right, they don't need to give him a name, but it's kind of nice giving him somebody that's going to match him skill for skill. Like, I don't want to see Anderson in his last fight get wrestle fucked. You know what I mean? I don't want to yeah. see the steal from Oswald, a crotch sniffer in there, taking Anderson down. And then Anderson just, you know, doesn't have the best takedown offense. I mean, he, he can submit people off his back, but, uh, you know, you want to see him strike. You want to see him stand up. And I think Uriah Hall's a good matchup. Weidman would undoubtedly take him down. Uh, so I had an appetite for that. I would love to see Anderson end his career beating Weidman because. Even though I like Chris Wyman,
1: I feel those like are fluky, man. I feel like those both are a little fluky. <laughs> I feel like Anderson
0: Silva was the better fighter in both those fights. The second fight, Anderson Anderson got a little more mauled. Um, he started off slow. He got he got clipped inside the clinch. He got taken down. But you know, Weidman gasses and Anderson doesn't. Anderson would have definitely came back and rallied back, and uh, and then you guys like broke. And then the second fight or the first fight, excuse me, Wyman was completely gassed, and Anderson was just fucking off. Um, so I've always thought Anderson was the, the, the more complete fire than Weidman. Wyman just had that weird, you know, that luck or whatever you want to call it against, uh, against Anderson. Like, but yeah,
1: like Luke, Michael Johnson shit, you know, it's yeah. <laughs> like the weird fucking
0: just, he's dominates and just, you know, but, weird uh, fucking shit. yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to miss Anderson. I mean, he's got I mean, one of my favorite fights of all time is him and Bisbing, obviously him and Chael history the first fight between Cheya was legendary. I mean, the guy's sick. The guy's awesome. You know, it sucks that some steroid stuff is now in play and all that stuff. But other than that, um, yeah. Yeah. But I like the fight. Yeah. I, I don't know who else you could give him. I don't want to see him against like any of these young guns. I mean maybe Brad Tavares, right? But I don't want to see
1: that. I think That's you're what, right. See, I think that'd have been a better fight. See, I no
0: Tavares? He's fought everybody. You guys Just, uh,
1: I just want to see Silva. I want to make sure Silva fucking wins. Like I want to. Fight I think he Silva's can. Be, I think win.
0: he can beat Ryan Hall. I think you're you're over overestimating Ryan Hall. I think Ryan Hall stinks.
1: I don't know. Anderson Silva is my favorite fighter. So if he loses, like I'll probably I gotcha. shed a tear.
0: I got gotcha. you. Maybe just sign Chris Lieben again. Be like, hey, this was your debut. This is the guy you're going on, in. and just fuck up Chris Lieben. steroid out of his ass.
1: Chris Lieben looks fucking scary now. Have you seen dude, him in bare
0: knuckle? Fucking Jack, dude. He's on that roids. Dude.
1: Yeah. He is just like biting down mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, you got bare knuckles?
0: Yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah. And he's
1: just fucking biting down. Walking this is a guy who,
0: just- who literally just looked like an everyday guy, right? But body type. And he was knocking dudes out with his left hand. And then all of a sudden he enters the fight with Michael Bisping in London and he's literally got muscles on his neck. And we're like, what the fuck? And he pissed so hot after that fight. Like his steroid levels were through the roof after that fight. And he was never the same fighter again. All right. Listen, we're an hour, 10 minutes in. I could talk to you all day, but we got to go, baby. Uh, pick them this week. I'm going to do pick without Timbo. Timbo, me next week. Then me and you the week after that, we're going to pick Adesanya Costa. Let's go. All right. Let's do it. I man. appreciate it, Dev. I'll talk to you later, Bub.
1: Good talking to you, brother. Later.
0: That was Dev Tejada. That was a lot of fun. We recapped the month of August. Um, This is kind of going to be the, the recap show. I didn't recap the card this week. There's only seven fights. Maybe I'll do a video on it. Maybe I won't. Who cares? Uh, either way, um, pick them for this weekend's card will be out on Thursday. And make sure you subscribe. Remember takes podcast on YouTube, on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, bye-bye. Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance.
1: the fucker back! Come on! Come on the Escort this gentleman to the door.
0: Come on. Do you see that shit? That yeah.
1: He's good, he's real good. The name is Dollar.